Well, good morning. We're thankful that we're now ready for the word of God. I trust that you are really expecting God to speak to you today. I have a word from the Lord, and I just want to call your attention to a passage of scripture, perhaps it's familiar to you, found in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Uh, you should be able to uh, see the, the passage on your screen, or you should have a Bible or your tablet, so you want to get something to just write some notes. So we're glad to just be able to share a word with you. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 3 says these words. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken through the prophet uh, Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. This verse that really sticks out, it's the verse by, by which John the Baptist preached. Listen again. He says, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. I want to minister on the topic today, at a topic, subject for it, a turning point has come. A turning point has come. Um, when we think about turning points, there are several things that happen in our lives that are actually turning points. Um, to define a turning point, a turning point is a point in time when something happens that causes a shift or an irrevocable change in our direction. It's a, it's a shift. It's a, it's a point in time where something goes in a different direction. Uh, just, just a way of thinking about turning points, turning points can be a time when I got married. That's a turning point. A shifting from singlehood to marriage. A shifting from thinking about myself to thinking about us. A shifting in a turning point could be a time when uh, we had our first child. Um, no longer could we actually determine that we were going to do something together, just kind of spontaneously, we had to always think about how we were going to take care of our child. And then even ongoing to have a second child. A new job, a turning point, something that you've never done before, something that you, you, you applied to, but you really just don't know what to fully expect. And sometimes you have those butterflies in your stomach when you're starting something new. Your age. Your age. Your age could be a turning point. Um, as you grow older and as you grow gracefully older, I pray that you grow gracefully older, that as you're getting to a stage in your life and going through the various stages of your development, you're finding that there are turning points from being a teenager to being a young adult to coming into your young adulthood and then actually going into senior age. Turning points can be times when you know you're actually at the place where you're at the end of a a period where you're now ready to retire. You're ready to say goodbye to a job that perhaps that you had for a very long time. And also the people that you've known for a very long time, you're now ready to move on to another stage of your life. And of course, sicknesses are turning points, something that happens in our lives where um, a doctor would say, okay, you, 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 you seem to have this various ailment and, and it just comes with the age that you're at. These are all kind of like turning points in our life. These are the points in life that causes us to shift. 
in making some corrections. There are also events that shift us as well, that cause turning points. Um, thinking back to even as far back as 1917 when we had World War I, that was a, that was a turning point for America. Uh, another turning point was, of course, the 1918 Spanish flu. It was a pandemic. Um, and at that time, it was the worst pandemic in the 20th century. Um, it was a time where, you know, about 670,000 people died in the United States. And even now, as we look at the pandemic of the coronavirus, it has superseded that. It, 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 we, we need to look at this time as a turning point that has come. The creation of the internet, that has caused a turning point. We're now, um, it seems as though now you can communicate around the world. That's changed the way we actually do our business from our banking to ordering our food to actually responding and corresponding with our health community. The, the, these, these were turning points. These are, are places where we're thinking differently and it changed our lives in such a, a really dramatic way in how we actually do life. Turning points are places where it shifts our whole way of thinking, our way of doing things. And many times in, in turning points, we, we may not realize it, but there are some things that God has to say at these various periods that happen in life where they are turning points for us. There are places that shift us. There are places that take us to a different way of thinking and a different way of understanding and a different way of actually doing things. One of the things that really uh, intrigued me as I was reading this, this passage of scripture, when, when John preached this message, he, he preached this message and it really was like a one-liner. You know, imagine John not having any more messages to speak about. So one Sunday you hear, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The next Sunday you hear, the kingdom of God is at hand. And the next Sunday you hear, the kingdom of God is at hand. He, he didn't have a lot to say. But what he had to say was a powerful, was a powerful message. And the reason why this is a powerful message, because he was talking about a shift coming. Now, to get the full impact of what John is saying, you have to know what was going on in that time. If, if you look in a Bible, and I have my Bible here, if I hold it up to you, you see here there's a blank page. And you'll see on the right-hand side it just says New Testament. It's a, blank, it's a blank page. Between the Old Testament of Mal at the end where the last book is Malachi and the beginning of the New Testament, which is the book of Matthew, we have what they call the 400 silent years, the 400 silent years, or they call it the intertestamental period, or what they call it the blank page. It's a time where God didn't say anything to a prophet. Imagine 400 years, God says nothing through a prophet. But in those 400 years, there was a lot going on. Things were happening. Turning points were happening in various time frames. Daniel, the prophet, wrote about this time period, wrote about these 400 silent years. He wrote about the things that would happen 
in Israel. He wrote about the times, and he talked about this in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 39 and verse 45 and in Daniel chapter 7. And he also talked about it in Daniel uh, chapter 11. He talks about how there were going to be kingdoms that were going to rise up and kingdoms that were going to fall. And during that time of the 400 silent years, the Persian Empire was ruling. They were ruling for 200 years. And the Persians allowed the Jewish people to return back to their homeland. And they were able to build their temples and they were able to continue on with their worship. And so close to 100 years, in this, 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 this time period of the Persian Empire, Israel could function as they normally did. And, and now, though they were in captivity uh, in Babylon, they were released. But yet they actually were able to build their temples of worship under the Persian rule. But the Persian rule was now overtaken. The Persian rule was now conquered by Greece. It was actually conquered by Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, he overthrows the Pers Persian King Darius. And he takes control of the Persian Empire. And Alexander the Great, he now permits the Jews in Judea to, to observe their laws. They observe their laws and um, they now are able to, you know, go about pretty much as business as usual. And he actually has uh, gave them an exemption from taxes and they didn't have to pay their taxes for the sabbatical year. But however, Alexander the Great, he brings in a very new culture called Hellenism. Now what Hellenism really is, it, it's, it's a culture that takes the world, or it actually takes that, that places where he conquered, and uh, he changes and introduces, I should say, languages, particularly the Greek language. He introduces them to Greek thinking. He introduces them to philosophy. He introduces them to all types of different things like recreation, gym, gym, gymnasiums, theaters, arts. All of these things come out of the Greek culture. And Hellenism was dangerous because it was dangerous to Israel because Hellenism was connected to the worship of Baal. And so Greek life was attractive. It was sophisticated. It, it was it was appealing to humanity at that time. And so ancient Greece's Rome was the birthplace of many of these recreational things that we see today of leisure and sports and social entertainment. All that came out of the culture of Hellenism. But then Alexander's reign came to an end and his kingdom was divided. And Antiochus, was now in power. He actually conquered. And what he did, he started ordering Hellenization in Palestine and he stopped the Jews from keeping their Sabbaths. He actually stopped them from participating in worship. He actually stopped them from actually participating in their rituals. And, and they, they, they no longer could practice their worship. And he destroyed their altars and, and he actually built altars to the worship of Baal. But then another group rises up. And another group rises up and they actually revolt against that. And that was called the Maccabean Revolt. 
And as they come into this time of revolting and, and trying to fend off from losing their, their worship expression and wor worship experiences that they really gave them a, some identity of who they were as a people, you find here that as they were trying to fight that off, there were different fractions there. And also, we had at that time the, the, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, they were a group that was raised up in that time. And, and of course, the political power of the day, the Sanhedrin, and as you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin, politics got mixed in with religion. And as you see these groups and these fractions happening, you started to see that the children of Israel, the Jewish people, start to lose their identity, who they are. They're, they're now fighting against culture. They're fighting against, well, where, where do we get our identity from? They had to learn from the synagogue. And those who were exiled, they were learning in the synagogue. And in the synagogue, they were actually um, teaching and learn, helping to learn and helping to get their education in the synagogue. It was also the rabbis and the scribes who were studying the Torah so that they wouldn't lose the law of God. And all this was going on during the 400 silent years. But then God comes in to fulfill the prophecy with John the Baptist. The prophecy of John the Baptist is, 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 is now fulfilled. This, this prophecy of one that would come in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, the 400 years of silence began with, with a warning, and it closes the Old Testament because the Lord said, behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the earth or smite the land with the curse. What was he talking about? He was talking about John the Baptist. The Lord said, even in the midst of all of the turning points, even all through the 400 silent years, God was with him. Do you know that all through these turning points that we have uh, experienced, even over the last nine months, even those several years that we see, God is still working. He still has a plan. The more and more I see what's happening today, I can see the Bible prophecy, and we can see what's happening in the news coming together. We can see how it seems like religion is, is mixed up with politics, and we can see that there's fractions, and, and there, there are sides being taken, and there, there, there's, there's families that are being ripped apart, and, and we're finding that the, the, the parents are against the children, and the children are against the parents. Economic upheaval. And we're seeing all of these things happen, and we're wondering, when is it going to end? Well, perhaps this is a, a turning point that God is sovereignly arranging us to enter into something new. And so John the Baptist, when he comes out to preach, he's not dressed like a priest. He, he's not dressed in a way that they say, oh, yes, he's of a kingly line. You know, he's, he's coming out of the wilderness, and he's eating honey and locusts. He, he actually has sandals and a leather belt. He doesn't, he doesn't look like 
the Sanhedrin, or he doesn't look like a Pharisee or a scribe or a rabbi. But he's God's prophet. Because he's not out to preach a religion. He's out to minister and preach the kingdom of God. And so here it is. What was his message? His message was a message of repentance. And do you know what repentance is? Repentance really is about not necessarily dealing with just an issue of morals. I mean, we know that, you know, it's wrong to steal. It's wrong to mistreat people. You know, these, you, you want to be nice to people. You want to be good to people. And, and when you're not, you know, you, some, sometimes your conscience will bother you or it should bother you that you are not nice to the person or you've been rude to a person um, or you stole from a person or you harmed a person. These, these are all things about our behavior and our, our morals. But beyond that, John is talking about repentance because it's not necessarily only, and I should say only, about your morals. It's about your mind. See, repentance is about your mind changing. Uh, when he's preached repentance, he preached repentance in a way, he, he said, you know, it's time that a turning point has come and you need to change your mind. You know, the calendar has changed. Uh, you know, we, we, we're entering to a new year. We've entered into 2021. But the question is, did you enter 2021 with the same old mind? If you entered in with the same old mind, you can't expect anything different in 2021 than you had in 2020. Because really, repentance is, is about the changing of your mind. And you know, as, as a Christian, as a Christian, you know, it, it's, it goes beyond just repenting when we come to Christ and say, you know, we want Jesus to be our Savior. Repentance is an ongoing thing because we're constantly, constantly being brought in to places where God is bringing turning points in our life. So he talks about repentance and changing our minds. So let me just kind of tell you a few things about what repentance looks like. Well, repentance is about recalling, recalling. Um, if you ever heard this word recall, um, of course, you're, it's a word that means that you call to mind something that has happened in the past. It's something that you're actually remembering. And do you know that the, the times that God was speaking to Israel, he, he wanted them to remember things. You know that God is going to call you to remember things. Remember his promises, to remember the word that he spoke to you. Do you know that we're, we're very forgetful? And, and through the turning points in our lives, we can easily forget that God is faithful, that God is good, that God is, is there for us. We can forget that God has a promise that has yet to be fulfilled. And do you know, we need to recall. And I know that we've been through a lot. and been through a, a, a lot of ups and downs in the year of 2020. 
but it's time to recall. Can, can you just put something in there and say, God, help me to recall. Help me to recall how good you are. Help me to recall how faithful you are. Help me to recall how blessed I am, even in the midst of all of the turning points that are going on in your life. And you might be at a turning point right now, but remember and recall to mind the goodness of God. But recall is not only about calling to our memory. Recall is about understanding that something needs to be taken off the shelf, as it were, for a moment. Because it doesn't function the way it's supposed to. You know, sometimes you'll hear that there are different companies as they put out products and put out put out their, their services, that something's wrong and it's harmful. And so what they'll do, they'll recall it. So if they know that their automobiles are not functioning correctly, they'll, they'll say, okay, we have something in that automobile that is not going to work properly and to help the safety of those who are using it. So they recall it. They'll bring it back in to fix it. They'll bring it back in to take care of the problem. And do you know that sometimes we need to hear the voice of God that he's recalling us? You know what? Many times that God wants to recall us because he sees there are places in our lives that are not safe, that are not functional, that are causing problems for us being all that we are called to be. He may see anger in my heart and, and, or lust in my, in my heart, or he'll see something in your heart and say, you know, I got, I'm, I'm trying to call you because I, I, I don't want you to not perform and not become the person that I created you to be. Now, nobody's perfect, but we're all supposed to be productive. We're all supposed to be people who are giving ourselves to the will of God and operating in the purpose of God. So when they see that there's some shortfalls, some shortfalls in the way it performs, we are supposed to be people who are going to be recalled. He, he calls us in to help us make those adjustments. Which leads me to the next one, that repentance is a time that you... Re you're going to be recalibrated. It's about recalibration. It's about being recalibrated. It's about making those adjustments. It's about understanding that um, there is a standard by which we're supposed to be operating in. You see, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. The kingdom of God is the way God does things. It's, it's his agenda. It's the way that he has decided for things to be. And so what he does that when there are things that are mixed up and priorities that are not right with him and priorities that are not in order, it's a time to recalibrate. It's a time to get to the point where we are doing it God's way and functioning as God would have us function. You see, the word sin, the word sin is not simply a word that states a behavior, whether it's stealing or robbing somebody or 
something that is in violation of God's word, and that is sin. But even more so, here, here's what the word sin means. The word sin means to miss the mark. When something is called in and something has to be recalled and something has to be recalibrated, it's because it, it's, it's missing the mark. And do you know that all of us, all of us, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so when we have come short of his purpose and plans, if we have come short, we need to recognize it's time for us to repent and recalibrate so that we can operate in God's purpose for our lives. But then repent, lastly and finally, repent is about the time of being refreshed. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, let me just share this powerful passage in, in, in scripture. It, it just gives us this little verse in this caption. It says, Peter is now preaching, and, and now he says, you must repent and turn back. You must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the presence of the Lord. What repentance does, it allows us to get to a place where we can receive refreshing from the presence of the Lord. When you look at this refreshing and what that is really about, it's the word to revive. It's the word to, of course, refresh. It's the, it's the word that, to, that means to find relief. It's the word that means to have breathing space. Breathing space. Can you put that in the chat box? Breathing space. See, if you've ever needed breathing space, it's a short period of time between one activity and another activity. It gives you a chance to recover. It gives you a chance to, as it were, catch your breath so that as the first activity ends and you get that breathing space, you're ready to prepare, and you're ready and you're preparing yourself for the next activity. I believe why God has this message of repentance is so that we can receive the breathing space, that we can receive space, that time period in our life, that, that place where we can find refreshment, we can find reviving, we can find the place where we get relief because the next activity of God is about to happen. He says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What I feel that God is saying to us this year is that he's ready to do some new things and he wants you to have some breathing space. Perhaps you've been in a very, very active, active season in your life and the active season has just really worn you out. But yet God will give us the reviving and refreshing and the relief that we need as we operate on this principle of repentance. It's time for us to turn and change our thinking so that we can be people who operate and function in the full capacity of what God has for us. And at this moment, at this moment, 
You might say, well, I don't know if I need to repent. I don't, I'm not sorry for anything. It's not about being sorry for anything. But are there things in your mind that God says that you need to change? See, I can do something and say, I'm, I'm remorseful about it. I'm sorry about it. But the question is, how do I think about it? Did I change my mind about it? Because, quite frankly, if I didn't change my mind about it, I'm probably going to end up doing the same thing that I'm actually sorry about. So this is the time. This is the hour. This is the moment where God is saying it's a turning point. It's a, it's a shift in a new direction. See, the Israelites, the people of God, the Jewish, Jewish people, they were scattered. They were, they, they were losing themselves in the culture. They, they were losing who they were. And the word of the Lord that came out of John's mouth, out of the wilderness, the word is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This year, as we live in this, this space of uncertainty, of difficulty, and, and as we're seeing the, the numbers in the pandemic of the COVID virus just rising, but yet we do have hope because we have a vaccine, changes in our economy, all types of things that are happening, a new president and vice president coming into office, all of these things that are shifting and moving around. The voice of the Lord saying, change your mind and give yourself to the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God was also spoken of in Daniel. And that kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. All the other kingdoms were shaken. All the other kingdoms were taken over. Persia was taken over. Greece was taken over. And Rome did fall. But the kingdom that he was talking about was a kingdom that would be established and it would never fail because it was an unshakable kingdom. In this, in this time and season, you want to be in an unshakable place with God. And so as we look forward to this year of kingdom life, we want to build it on something that is unshakable, on the word of God, on the principles of the kingdom. So I invite you to come along with us throughout this year and be a part of the ministry that we're going to be sharing in, in, our, in, in Sunday morning, not only Sunday morning, but our small groups and, and places that we are going to just uh, share uh, this information on kingdom, kingdom living. It's important to understand that we want to build our lives on a solid foundation in the times of these turning points that have come. So let's bow our heads right now. And I want to pray for you that as you have entered into this year, as we all have entered this year, that we'd recognize that a turning point has come where we need to get our minds focused on the things of the kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time that we are here, Father, this first Sunday of the year. We pray that in the midst of all the turning points, personally, family, our nation, and our world, that, God, we would repent. We would change our minds because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. So, Lord, help us to build our lives on the unshakable things of the kingdom. 
We pray that even this moment, Father, that you would call us back to mind. You would recalibrate our hearts. You would refresh our souls. We thank you, Lord, for doing that. We thank you for being all that we stand in need of because you are Jehovah Jireh. You're the I am. And we thank you this morning for being the God who's in control of everything and at every place that is unstable, every, every place that seems to be going volatile and every, every place that we are experiencing, Father, uncertainty. We're asking God, help us to put our trust in you in the unshakable kingdom of God. We bless you, we praise you, we magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're listening to us today, we just thank you so much for joining, joining with us this morning. And we uh, are so excited because we have an opportunity to share the word. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, we'd like to lead you in prayer because it's important that you have Christ in your, your life because he's the king of the kingdom. And once you have him in your life, there is stability that comes, there's refreshing, there's joy that comes because your sins have been forgiven, but also he'll give you a new thought, a new process, a new outlook in life. So I'd like to pray for you and pray with you. Say these words and open up your heart if you desire Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. I praise you for this moment. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, today I pray that you would come into my life. Make me a new person. Give me a new mind. Help me serve you all the days of my life. And I thank you, Lord, for receiving me as your son, your daughter, your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that prayer. We'd like you to let us know. You can text 833-300-0670. If you need prayer today as well, you can text 833-300-0670. Well, thank you so much for listening. And as we have our discussion, as we have our time of questions, we pray that you would just type in if you want to know some things about the kingdom and some things that will bless you, please use your chat box. Thank you so much for being a part of this time in the word. And so as we share, share with somebody. This is your year to be a person of impact. And as we seek the kingdom of God, let us live for the king in Jesus' name. Well, hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. It's the opportunity where we get to kind of dig a little deeper with our bishop. So Bishop, today, first Sunday of the year, we're grateful that you started us out with a turning point, looking at the space that a turning point has come, and mm -hmm. it truly has come. And you brought us to John the Baptist, and just all of it, you walked us through a historical standpoint of a turning point, but then also a spiritual space of a turning point. And I like the definition that you gave that it's a point in time where something happens that causes us to shift or change our behavior as well as our thinking. And I think that duo effect sometimes we miss. Mm. It's not just our behavior, it's our thinking. 
Because there are times that our behavior can change and our thinking can't. Is that part of what you're trying to bring out to us? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're sometimes we are um, so prone to look at a behavior mm -hmm. that we feel to look at the information <laughs> for that behavior and where it's coming from, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which comes from our minds, our thinking. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's so important to, to realize that your, your mind is, is not uh, something that God says, hey, you need to dis dismiss this and just feel it. Right, right. It, it's more than the feeling it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's also a part of how we need to process mm -hmm. the, the things that God is speaking to us and the things that we're doing so that we can make those changes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So would you say that's part of the reason why so many diets fail? We have set up all these meal plans but if our thinking doesn't change about how we approach food, would, would you say that same thing happens in the spirit? Yes. You know, billions are spent in diets. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people that are going to go on diets, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they probably already started their diet right, on right. the 1st of January. Mm -hmm. um, but unless you change your mind and change the way that you're thinking about right. what you're doing mm -hmm. and be committed to the process, mm -hmm. um, you're going to go, you, you, you'll succeed maybe for, for so long, mm -hmm. and then you'll go right back where you were because mm -hmm. there's a thought process that mm -hmm. has to happen mm -hmm. um, in your mind to determine and mm -hmm. being, uh, you know, thematic about it mm -hmm. and, and just have some type of method and process and things that you're doing to mm -hmm. get to that goal. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so easy for us to go back to what's familiar? Why is it so hard to make that mindset change? Um, I think because culture conditions us. Hmm. We're conditioned by culture. Um, you know, once we are born and raised into, into a, a culture, mm -hmm. culture is the way things are being done, mm -hmm. culture is an environment, culture is our education, we, we are prone to do it that way. Um, so, you know, we're creatures of habit in mm -hmm. many cases. Mm -hmm. So things that, I, things that I do is probably because I'm, I'm around that, mm -hmm. or I've seen that, or I, you know, I I actually watch it, or mm -hmm. I read it. Those those things have actually um, can help me, and some some of those things can hurt me. So culture is mm -hmm. a lot of it. So just a, just in a way of of an example, um, why why did God have so much trouble with the children of Israel? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why He had so much trouble with the children of Israel because while they were slaves mm -hmm. for 400 years. Mm -hmm. Some scholars will say 400 to 430 years. Right. When God brought them out, a mighty deliverance, they didn't lose their mentality right. overnight. Right. You know, right. And, they, and eventually they wanted to go back to Egypt. They, right. were, they were actually headed towards the promised land, right. taken care of by God every day. Mm -hmm. Manna coming from heaven, mm -hmm. water coming, miracles. Right. So just right. because you receive a miracle or just because you receive a healing doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're going to continue to go to the promised land. Mm -hmm. You might just determine to go back because your mind hasn't changed. Wow, that's good. So that turning point, even though it happens... And for some of us could even say, I've had a turning point or two. I know we can throw up our hands and our feet to say we've had a turning point or two. But that in itself, that historical event, that happening, whatever that took place, that sickness, did not necessarily bring about a change of mind. Right. Wow. And not, wow. And not changing your mind could lead to self-sabotage. Mm. Say more about that, self-sabotage. Well, self-sabotage is, you know, you're doing, it's, it's not the devil, it's mm -hmm. not... Your, your environment, it's right. not the people around you. You're doing something mm. 
and you're actually premeditatingly mm. putting yourself in a position not to succeed. Mm. Um, so when it comes to the way we think, mm -hmm. the Bible says, as a man thinketh yep. in his heart, mm -hmm. so they become. Right. Um, what I think, mm -hmm. how I think, mm -hmm. is important to what I become. It's connected to what I become. Yes. And so I can self-sabotage myself by mm. the way I think. Right. I can undo a mm -hmm. blessing right. because of the way I think. Right. Um, right. Right. And so it's important to understand that your, your thoughts mm -hmm. and your mind mm -hmm. you know, is, is a very important thing to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Because think, think about it. How does Satan get in? He deals mm. with, he, he started to put things right. in our mind. Right, right. That self-sabotage, it made me go out, y'all, made me go out. I, I'm, I'm immediately thinking of a wrestle I had for years, and, and you know, I had this wrestle for years about my money and God's place with my money. And even though God would bless me with, people would bless me with money, or I'd get blessed with money from doing different things, uh, and for some reason, I was still in this financial hole. And it wasn't until I heard a statement that God wanted me to address my relationship with money. And once I addressed my thinking, my relationship with money, then my behaviors changed and I didn't self-sabotage. Same with prayer, of being able to get up in the morning and having that prayer time, that daily discipline of prayer. It wasn't until literally one day it was this, the Lord's like, I woke up one morning and said, I want to introduce you to the day. And that introduction to the Lord each day became a value for me. And so then that value drove my discipline to get up, drove my discipline to spend time with God. So I hear you, that self-sabotage. So if that's you, you may be self-sabotaging in just pause in this moment and ask God, where am I self-sabotaging, whether it's naturally or spiritually? Maybe that turning point has already taken place for you but you keep self-sabotaging. Pause and ask the Lord to help you. And as we move forward, that's what this goal of this year is, that we can move towards in kingdom living. This is the space that we're in as we begin 2021. And we wanna encourage you to take the time to allow the Lord to recall you during this consecration to be able to speak some things to you and to remind you to also be intentional about that recalibration. Don't just half-step it. And then lastly, to get to the place of refreshment, whether it's in your worship, your prayer, or maybe just in relationships with other people, even though through digital spaces, we can still find refreshment through Christ.